0: As the U.S. approaches a decade of warfare and occupation in Afghanistan, more and more servicemen and women are coming back from deployment with post traumatic stress disorder. Many of those with the condition go undiagnosed. According to the Department of Veterans Affairs, those more likely to develop PTSD are service women and soldiers of color, servicemen and women with existing mental health problems, and returning soldiers who have little support from family and friends. Here in the city, producer Luis Sierra Campos spoke to a doctor who has made it her work to offer better mental health outreach and services to soldiers returning from combat with post-traumatic stress disorder. As troops return from Afghanistan into civilian life, many families of service men and women see their loved ones exhibiting anxiety, depression, anger, and self-destructive behaviors, all symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. I sat down with Dr. Judith Broder, who leads the Soldiers Project, a group of licensed mental health professionals who offer free psychological treatment to military service members, active duty, National Guards, Reserves, and veterans who have served or who expect to serve in conflict in Iraq and Afghanistan. The services are completely free and they are extended to their families gay and lesbian partners, and longtime unmarried heterosexual couples that otherwise are excluded from the Veterans Affairs Medical Services. Here's Dr. Broder explaining what PTSD is like.
1: The way post-traumatic stress disorder looks varies. There are sort of two different arms of it. One has to do with uh, withdrawal and isolation. So someone coming back it may be so um, freaked out by being in ordinary life here that what he or she does is withdraws, stays in, I'm going to just say he in this instance. Uh, stays in his room, um, doesn't socialize, when he is with his family, is very withdrawn. The families call it the thousand yard stare, They look as if they're somewhere else, and in their minds, they are somewhere else. Another aspect of post-traumatic stress is being in a hyper-alert state. This is what it takes to survive in combat. Uh, As humans, we don't have an on-and-off switch, so that if you've been in a situation where you've had, had to be in... Hyper alert virtually 24 7 when you get back here, you can't just turn it off so that the way that looks like is being extremely reactive to loud noises, to certain sights and smells that remind them of um what they experienced in Iraq or Afghanistan and may throw them back into um, we call them triggers.
0: These triggers lead to self-medicating with drugs and alcohol to diminish the memories of their experience in military combat. Aggressive behaviors can also lead to troubles with the law.
1: The most dramatic and horrific effect of an un- untreated post-traumatic stress disorder is suicide. Um, Another effect, unfortunately, is also homicide. Um, Other terrible effects are domestic violence, um, criminal activities. On a larger perspective, the untold effects have to do with passing on to children the effects of this trauma because the mother or father who's been traumatized in this way and then frightens his or her child or withdraws or isn't available, that little boy is going to carry with him some kind of secondary trauma that he doesn't have the words for. He doesn't know how to make sense of it, and as a grown-up, it can be passed on to the next generation. We know this from all the studies of Holocaust survivors and their children. And again, one of my motivations was to try to intervene early enough so this intergenerational passing on of trauma could be interrupted.
0: Acknowledging the changes in service men and women after they have returned home is the first step in recovery says Dr Broder
1: unlike in Vietnam where everybody knew someone who was serving when our soldiers come back often they come back into a community and nobody has a clue of what they've been through nor and their families are isolated too because nobody knows what the wives are going through or the kids are going through so any kind of action that says i see you you're part of us let me try to help in any way is at least a start
0: how long is the treatment
1: the people who come in to the soldiers project for treatment there's a wide range of how long it takes there are some people for whom They need only three or four sessions to kind of regain their own resiliency, which was there in the first place, but they've gotten off track and we can help them fairly quickly, get back on track and they can use what they already have. There are others who are more severely injured and they may need months or months or years we have people in treatment for a number of years it's another asset of our program is that we have no limitation on the number of sessions so it isn't time limited and everyone is seen at least once a week some people are seen two or three times a week if they're in a crisis we have the flexibility Um, that a big bureaucracy doesn't have and our treatments are individualized so if it's a family we can see the parents we can see the kids we can see the couple we can see them individually so there's lots of flexibility that we can provide that I think can't be provided in a big bureaucratic system
0: how is your project different and why would a soldier come to the soldiers project versus the VA
1: the VA is an enormous bureaucracy and they provide all kinds of services that we at the soldiers project cannot provide but because it's a bureaucracy it is not that easy to access treatment Uh, for us Literally, all it takes is a phone call, and within a day or two, the person can be in a therapist's private office.
0: For many with post-traumatic stress disorder, the experience of traveling to the Los Angeles Veterans Administration Building can be overwhelming. The rooms are big, the sounds are loud, so the options to see a therapist in a private office makes it easy to seek treatment. But Dr. Broder encourages veterans to go to the VA facilities even so.
1: Want to say, however, that one of the things that we make sure we do is that anyone who comes to us, we try to encourage them to at least go to the VA to sign up for their services, even if they don't want their mental health services there because they're entitled to all kinds of medical services that if they don't get in there, they won't have access to, and they deserve to get those services. The other thing about the VA is that um, they require the soldier, him or herself, to be the point person. They have to go and sign in. At least half our calls are from family members who, unless they can persuade their soldier to sign in, can't get the services at the VA. So so since we don't require anything except someone saying i need your help it's we can provide help to people that otherwise would be excluded similarly with um gay or lesbian couples or long-time heterosexual partners who aren't married all of those people are excluded from the va system so in some way my idea about the Soldiers Project was not only to make it easy, but to create a safety net for those who otherwise would fall through the cracks and not get the help they
0: need. And that's what the Soldiers Project is ultimately about creating equal opportunities for service men and women and their loved ones to seek treatment together without fear of social stigma. For Here in the City, I'm Luis Sierra Campos.